We're diving into something that's been a work in progress in our home, but we're noticing it starting to click for both Michael and I and our kids too. So I want to share it with all of you. I think it'll be of great value. Today, we are talking about how words matter. And I'm sharing the specific phrases that are heavily discouraged in our home, why we discourage them, and in what ways we redirect the kids to say something else instead, and the meaning behind it. So I'll break this down for you in the episode. This is a powerful lesson that can ultimately affect the lens through which they see the world, and that affects everything. So this is going to be a very actionable, short but sweet episode for you and your crew to implement. Let's raise them up right. You're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. And this episode is dedicated to raising luminaries. If you listen to this show, you already know that it's not about you anymore. As a leader, a real luminary, you're here to deeply impact others. I feel it too. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, a business leadership strategist and mom who's passionate about raising up that next generation of leaders. Looking at my three kiddos, I realized that I wanted to do entrepreneurship differently for them. Society is failing the next generation, and once a week on this show, we're doing something to change that. Whether you're a parent with your own little luminary or you want to heed the call of impacting those trailing you, this short but sweet episode will give you guidance and inspiration you can bring around your dinner table or into your community. You want to create your legacy? Here's where you start. Let's raise them up right. I like geeking out on data. So there was this study conducted by Vanessa Patrick. She's a PhD out of the University of Houston, and it's really going to tee us up for our conversation today. And it was a weight loss study with a large group of women looking to drop pounds. And they all had the same workout regimen and the same meal plan. But one group of women were tasked with saying the phrase, I can't eat that when they were presented with the foods that were not a part of their meal plan, while the other group was told to say, I don't eat that. So it was, I can't eat that when someone showed them a donut. And then I don't eat that for the other women when someone showed them a donut. And that was the only difference. And in the group of women using the phrasing, I can't, only 10% of them stuck to their plan and saw positive results. And of the group that said, I don't, 80% of them stuck to their plan and saw positive results. Words matter. Words deeply matter. Those simple phrases, not too different, same amount of letters, all the same meal plans and working out and everything else, the same. A change in one word, can't versus don't. One puts them in the frame of reference of being a victim. I can't. Something else is controlling me. I can't do that. And the other one, empowers them. I don't do that. Like this is my standard that I set for myself and I just don't do that. And it shifts the way they looked at the process and they looked at their lives and ultimately it changed the end result. And that's why I think this episode is so critical to talk about because it will change the end result for our children. And guess what? It will also change the end result for us too, because so much of luminary leadership and what we stand behind in raising luminaries, it's not just about, hey, here are some tips that you can implement for your kids. It's what can we do differently as the leaders of our children to make sure that we are actually setting the example to raise those children. So from a young age, the words 
we say directly impact our thoughts and our feelings and our actions. And that ripple effect over decades can be very profound. I realize that now at 33 years old, I have a lot of unlearning to do, both from language I'd hear and then subsequently the language I would use. It ingrained in both my thoughts and then my habits, and it made it tough for me to, for me to thrive, right? I had to unlearn a lot of things that were pretty rooted in me that I didn't think twice about. The tough part is a lot of this stuff is on autopilot for us. So it's very subconscious. We're not even really aware of it. We don't even really notice the words we say sometimes, and we don't think that they hold a lot of weight, but they do. So I don't want my own kids to have to unearth and unlearn this lifetime of nonsense. So we are putting a plan into place now while they're young to guide them through that. And this applies to us now as adults too. So if your kids are older or grown up, it doesn't matter. This can still be of great value. So I'm going to share some of the things we've identified that we call victim speak, right? Language that lends itself to either a victim framing or diffuses the opportunity for growth. And we celebrate when we get it right, when the kids get it right. And we have actual consequences, like with any behavior we don't want to promote for times that we don't get it right. And you'll see that the consequences are really just there to bring awareness to the situation, not punishment. We're not looking to condemn them for something they did. We want them to be aware because like I said, most of this is happening on autopilot. And when it's on autopilot, things like that, it's like we don't have to punish them for it. What we try to do is draw attention to it so they can be like, man, I I noticed that I keep doing this. This is a pattern I have and it's something that I can consciously change. And we allow the kids for this to hold us accountable to these standards too because honestly, it doesn't come naturally to me. And I need the accountability. And when a three-year-old looks at you and says, mom, you said X, Y, Z, and we don't say that in our home. Like, all right, fine. I hear you. I'll, I'll show up for this. So before I jump into the specific list of words and phrases and how we reframe them, I'm going to share a little story that illustrates it and the importance of the reframing piece that you can't just have a list of phrases that you don't say. So our oldest daughter, she's our middle child, Marie, uses pretty, she's very much her mother's daughter, hyperbolic language or dramatic language like most four-year-olds tend to do. And one pattern we started to see on repeat was the use of the word never. So if something didn't happen the way she wanted it to, she'd throw out a, yeah, but you never, and then fill in the blank. So we'd be reading stories at bedtime, for example, and she'd express how she wanted me to tell her a story from my head versus a book at night. And we do both, right? I tell stories all the time from when I was a little kid and they love that. And some nights we read from a book because I want them to be absorbing those words on a page and learning how to read. So that night we were reading from a book and the night before I had told her a story. And even though I had just done it the night before, just told her that story the night before, she wanted me to tell her another one. And because I want it wasn't, she tossed out a, but you never tell me stories. First of all, I soon learned how difficult it was to explain what the word never means without using the word never. That was tough. So I told her how saying that, first of all, wasn't true. And it was making her perpetuating this bad feeling she had, making her feel worse because she was convincing herself of something that she did not like and convincing herself that it was true when it wasn't. And I didn't give her a replacement way of saying, instead of saying, never say this. I just told her, we don't say never when it's not true. So the next night at bedtime, the same scenario arose. And just as she was about to say, but mama, you never, she cut herself off and she goes, uh, you always don't tell me stories. So that's a cute little story to remind you 
that as you tell them what not to say, it's also our role to teach them what to say, what works better. Why are we saying it? That's a big piece of leadership across the board. Don't just give commands. Just don't just give rules for the sake of rules. What's the purpose behind it? Why is this going to be better for them? And then what are other options? Especially for kids, you can't expect them to come up with it because she came up with another way of saying never. Always don't. So here's how it works. And here are some of the things that we specifically focus on when it comes to words, phrases we avoid. So the first one is I can't. So I can't is a big one because it is very much victim speak. There are plenty of things like I can't fly, right? But I'm talking about the everyday things where the kids get frustrated because they're little and they can't reach something on the counter or uh, they can't yet do a thing that maybe Michael and I can do as adults or they can't figure something out. Like instead of saying I can't, we help them replace that with I need help. Letting them know that it's okay to ask for guidance. It's okay to ask for support. It's okay to ask for help. So that's a big leadership lesson too. For us, sometimes we chalk it up as a loss and we say I can't because we don't want to ask for help. We don't like to admit that we're stuck. We don't like to let other people know that we're struggling. Or we kind of shift it if it's something that they don't necessarily need help with, like I need a leg up to get up on the counter to reach that. It can be something like, I'm still learning how to do that. Or how do I X, Y, Z? So then they're asking and they're absorbing and they're learning something new. So I'll get to our consequences in a minute, but the big one for I can't, and we try to make it playful. Again, this is about raising awareness to it, not torturing them. They never go to timeout for it. They don't get something taken away. But the big one in our family with I can't is push-ups. We do 10 push-ups, adults included. Because one of our core values as a family is health. So I like incorporating ways to improve with the awareness that we bring to them. So you'll hear one of my kids shout to me if I'm like, they kind of catch me saying it. Even if it's not me saying something that I'm limited in doing, like, I can't figure this out. It'll be like, I can't stand when so-and-so does such and such. My son will be like, drop and give me 10, mom, counting. So They're paying attention and they're realizing and it's bringing like self-awareness is such a key skill that so many adults lack, let alone kids. So another one that we focus a lot on because ownership is another core value in our family is it's not my fault or some version of that, right? So when the kids start arguing and something breaks, you know, one of them will start blaming the other for it or... If they're fighting and someone gets hurt, it's like, well, it wasn't my fault. She started it. So instead of it's not my fault or whatever variation of that phrase, we trade it in for I'm sorry for. Like, here's my part in what just happened. Here's what I could have done better. We want them to learn to say, I didn't mean to do that. That wasn't my intention. But this is what I could do better next time. Another phrase is I wish. I feel like I wish is another victim way of speaking because It's saying, this isn't available to me. If I had a genie, maybe I could make it happen. But I wish I could have a house like that someday. I wish I could be, my son was saying this the other day. He does Taekwondo and he's the youngest in his class. So when they do running exercises, he's not the fastest one in there. He's like, oh, I wish I could be the fastest or I wish I could be faster. And then we talk about how there are things that he can do to improve and grow. So instead of I wish, it's I'm, I'm still working towards or I will or I am. 
helping them take ownership of that piece of their life that they want to happen and then implement a plan to help them get there. Another one is I'll never. That's kind of like an I wish. It's just I haven't yet or I'm, I'm still working towards or I'm going to. And a final one I'll share with you, although there are many more, is I have to. I have to. I have to clean my room. I have to go to Taekwondo today. I have to do my homework. I have to eat healthy. You don't have to. In fact, we give our kids a lot of choices. They get to do a lot of things. And we help them reframe that to see how blessed they are in that they have the physical ability to do certain things. They have the health to do certain things. Thank God. They have the opportunity to do, to do things. So we don't, we don't use that talk in our house and we call each other out when we do. Because our thoughts become our words and our words then become our actions, even if it's subconscious. And then our actions, that becomes our reality. So our words become our reality. Our words become our reality. And we want to instill that at a young age. So you're probably listening to this because you care about your kids and you want to give them the best shot at growth and opportunity to thrive in their lives. And as adults, we all know how tough it is to undo the stuff we learned along the way that didn't really serve us in adulthood, right? That's tough. It's a lot harder to undo something than to do it right from the beginning. And this is one of those things that's very easy to overlook. It's They're just words. They're just things we say, but our words become our Our thoughts become our words, our words become our actions, our actions become our reality, which means our words become our reality. And it has to start with us. Our I can'ts and I wishes and I never and putting the blame on others is their first lesson in how to speak about themselves in their own lives. We are crafting their reality by setting that example. So as much as I'd love to say, hey, you can put this up on the wall and teach your kids to do this. No, you have to embody it for them. That's why we allow the kids to call us out on this stuff because it doesn't come naturally to Michael and I all the time. And we need that reminder. They have to do it respectfully, but they they are able to do that. So we would love to hear more about what you think too. What are other phrases that you say that you're going to put the kibosh on, right? That you see as detrimental to your kids or to yourself? And what ones did we miss? Are there any that you already have a rule around in your house or consequence around in your house. So head on over to my stories today. See the posts that I reshared on this topic and comment with your thoughts. Let's get this conversation going. We can have some feedback, some ideas put on there. And if this was helpful, please share this with a parent or an entrepreneurial leader who would benefit from this. We are on a mission to change the way we lead our kids. And that starts with us sharing and getting this word out, moving this mission forward, It's early in the game for us, but we are excited about the work we're doing and we want to bring more of this goodness to you guys and to your families and to really change the way we lead the next generation. Thanks for tuning in. I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. We pick a luminary each week from our social posts. So if you want to be entered into our Luminary of the Week drawing, then comment, save, and share the Instagram post from this episode. We want to lead and spoil you. 
Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters. 